Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as that Justin Tucker 66-yard field goal, man. NFL record, got the single bounce to get it in. Damn. I mean, he, he does it to beat his own record. Does it at the buzzer to beat the Lions, too? Like, absolutely exciting moment on a wild football Sunday, for sure. Yeah, man, Kick stole the show on a wild football Sunday. That That is uh, 100% accurate. Um, I couldn't believe he made it. One, though, he missed an extra point in the game, which was massive. I think it was his first time missing an extra point in, like, four or five years. This guy's automatic. He's the best kicker in the NFL, and they needed that field goal because he missed the extra point. I read some stat that he's like 18 for 18 or something in like the final minute of NFL games. So like the dude is a legend, probably going to go down in history, but yeah, ice, what a kick. Ice in his veins, my friend. It's absolutely wild. I didn't even think they should be in that game The with the Lions. I thought, you know, they should have blown them out, but hey, it was a tight one. The, Lion, or the Lions made it tough and they're a better team than a lot of people anticipate they're they're fighting for every inch and and baltimore wasn't ready for it man they thought they had a cakewalk and needed that 66 yarder though i'm sure justin tucker's pumped about getting the record i mean hey maybe he'll go for it again it would be pretty wild like you were saying man he needed every every little bit just to make it through this time i'm hoping for some wind in the future for him but matt it was a wild weekend i watched a lot of football again it's week two of me being glued to my screen on Sundays. What have you done to me? Oh, man. Join us. Join us in the seven hours <laughs> of commercial-free football plus the night games. Uh, <laughs> it is it is a sight to behold. I, it's kind of depressing, though, at the end when you turn off your TV after the night game and you're like, wow, I, just, I wasted the full day watching football, and I stink. Hey. <laughs> you got to get out in the middle of it, you know, figure out which games are important to you. You know, I got to watch the Rams-Bucks game, which was fun, quote-unquote. But And then I also got to see the Bills do what the Bills do. Like, it is what it is, right? You can only watch so many games. But, uh, yeah, after a while, you just realize that the sun has gone down. And it's like, wait, wait, where's Sunday gone? Man, you and your Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I'm glad that you Austin. like them. I'm glad that you like them, but, man... They, they had a good week, so uh, they might they might move up their rankings. But again, man, four out of the six games, I keep missing on a couple. I should have stuck to the five like I normally do. Uh, we're good games. That Indy-Tennessee game, Carson Wentz couldn't get it going. Tennessee's proving to be a, the team that I anticipated them being at the start of the season, not the team that they showed that got blown out by Arizona. Um, but good for them for getting back on track, man. Derrick Henry... Almost at a career high in receptions for the season. He's almost seven away. So, wow. Take that, all those non dual threat backs comments. <laughs> Just slap him down. Yeah, man. But another guy who was, should have been leading the NFL in rushing and was a top two fantasy pick, Dalvin Cook, missed the game against Seattle, which I thought could make it a little bit more nerve-wracking for me in terms of making it a good game. But, man, Kirk Cousins has played phenomenal. Alexander Madison's great um, as a backup, and he played well as the starter last week. And Minnesota got the W against Seattle for their first one of the season. It's crazy to think that if they had a kicker who could hit kicks and didn't fumble in week one, they could be 3-0, but they're sitting here at 1-2. and 
I mean, it happens, right? There's a lot of teams that have records that would surprise a lot of, you know, pundits, a lot of media, a lot of fans, you know, just, just a few weeks ago now, right? Absolutely. I mean, Kansas City losing to the Chargers, that had to be my game of the week. I I like the San Fran Green Bay game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers ending it that way. A lot of people argue, how could you not have that as the game of the week? I don't know, Justin Herbert completing a fourth and nine to set up the touchdown, getting that touchdown to Mike Williams, which I needed for my fantasy team. Thank goodness I got the W because of that one. Uh, It's got to be the game of the week for me. And, And Justin Herbert showing that he could be every bit as good as Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years, which is just awesome. It's a crazy conversation that is being had, right? And I'm happy for you and your fantasy win. Obviously, we got a little bias this week from Matt. He needs what he needs for that fantasy victory, but I get it. I understand. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, the game that I anticipated being the game of the week in Tampa versus the Rams, man, the Rams just came out and absolutely smoked them. It wasn't as bad as the score might indicate. They had, and it could have been actually even worse because, they scored that last second touchdown Tampa Bay did uh, mm-hmm. to make it 24 to 34, I believe. But they were down 17 34, and the game was just in hand. Deshaun Jackson, at 36 years old, is still a speed demon. He got open for multiple bombs. Um, you know, if Marquise Brown could learn something from him, catch those open open balls. He's the Baltimore wide receiver that Lamar hit on not one, but two wide open touchdowns that he just dropped. <sighs> That could have helped my fantasy team. Jeez. But I do want so to end it. I do want to end it with the Green Bay 49ers, man. That game was absolutely unreal. Jimmy Garoppolo showing you that, you know, he can be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He led that drive that basically won them the game with 37 seconds left. Not many people are gonna come back from 37 seconds with no timeouts. She just happened to be facing Aaron Rodgers, who He's got some kind of magic, man, because he seems to do this on a consistent basis. It's it's the beauty of those short moments, right, where if you're paying attention, you watch beautiful sport being played, honestly. Like, that's what that's what Rodgers has. That's, he has those moments. That's why people consider him to be so great. And, I mean, even if it doesn't happen as often or, you know, there's so, many, there's so much time in between, like, the fact that he still has these moments is why we still talk about him, is why he's still an MVP-worthy player in the league. Absolutely, and it's why football is so fun. Um, when I talk to people who don't really watch a ton of football or who are um, from you know different parts of the country or the world and who don't watch football and are trying to get accustomed to it because they've immigrated to Canada or the United States and football's a big part of our culture, they're like, the game is just so slow. It's very, very slow because, you know, you you run a 10-second play, if that, if it lasts 10 seconds, and then there's about 40 seconds of waiting, then a 10-second play, 40 seconds of waiting. But you capture lightning in a bottle, man. Like, just like Red Zone had it, they switch to the 68-yard field goal attempt for Arizona. The guy misses. And he runs it 109 yards back for a touchdown to take the lead for Jacksonville over Arizona. I was thinking to myself, what is going on with this game? But, you know, Arizona pulled it out, man. Kyler Murray. <laughs> I mean, lightning in a bottle indeed in that moment. I was joking with Matt. I said this is like the one shining moment for the Yags. You know, Agnew with that amazing return, like – 
I'm sure that stadium was going wild. I'm sure fans across, you know, all of Jacksonville were absolutely losing it because it's been huge. And I've been reading a lot about how the season is really interesting for them because, you know, they're going to lose. They're just going to keep losing. And, you know, Lawrence has a ton of picks, but also he's been trying some kind of fun, flashy things. And when you're a losing team and Lawrence is setting himself up for the future, I guess, in his career, I guess that's how it all kind of comes together. Dude, it's the first year of his career. Um, he went to Jacksonville because they're the worst team in the NFL. And they stripped it down even more this offseason because they want to be kind of back to the studs so that they can build up with him at the helm. And he, he didn't inherit any really good players. I mean, James Robinson's a nice little running back, but that offensive line is atrocious. They've got good skill position players at the at wide receiver. But if you can't, you know, can't hold the ball back there for more than three seconds you're you're not going to get it to them they can't they can't develop their routes they can't get down there so you know another guy who set interception records as a rookie is peyton manning so i if he has a career as good as peyton manning nobody's going to remember this first season that's for sure i mean it's valid and i mean the other side of the coin was he could have been on the jets so like i mean <laughs> either way like it's a struggle for him Oh, Zach Wilson is not the answer. <laughs> oh, poor kid getting shut out. Oh, but that offensive line let him down too. Oh man, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about <laughs> these bad teams. I feel so bad for the Jets and Jaguars. They're going to be at the bottom of the standings all year. We could have two zero and seventeen teams this year, which would be astounding. Man, that's what I should have been saying. I should have said the Chiefs were going to go sixteen and zero. I should have just looked to the other side of the table at the bottom and been like, "Look, we're we're going to see some 16s But hey. That's the past. I can't change what I've said. And maybe the curse is coming for the Chiefs, Matt, because I still can't believe that they're one and two. Hey, man, uh, getting getting two, two losses like that where they're not t- taking care of the ball, they're kind of turning it over. Patrick Mahomes is throwing those no-look interceptions. Um, maybe it's going to tighten them up and they'll be a better team for it because uh, I think they still have one of the, if not the best roster in the NFL when you have Patrick Mahomes at the helm. Uh, games to watch this week, though, man. The Browns versus the Vikings. The Browns are coming off another good win. They're uh, two and one now, trying to keep pace in that division. Minnesota's going to get to try and get to two and two. Um, I really like this matchup. We'll see uh, who comes out on top. I'm I'm hoping the Vikings, but I'm feeling it's probably going to be the Browns. Um, that's, a, that's, that's a talk from your heart, right there, Matt, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it hurts me right in the heart. And then we've got an NFC West team, two teams, Cardinals and the Rams. We've got uh, the two MVP front runners, three and O teams playing each other. Kyler versus Stafford. Uh, we'll see who takes this one. I'm thinking it's going to be the Rams. Um, I just Carolina's kind of scraped by a little bit on some of their their lucky wins and beating Jacksonville is no no tall order. And I didn't like the way that they did it anyways. So I I like that they won, but I also want to watch you win in a reasonable fashion i don't want you to have just, to come back you want more from them if they're a 3-0 team they need to be proving why they're 3-0 not just kind of fumbling their way to 3-0 yeah it's like everyone who's commenting that the denver broncos are one of the best teams in the nfl they've beaten the jets the giants and the jaguars all teams are 0-3 yeah, they're they could be good. Don't get me wrong, they could be a good team, but one of the best teams in the NFL. Nah, I know Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater. He's not a leader. 
He just never will be. You can flip a coin a hundred times. Statistics are going to say it's 50-50. But they might all turn up heads. It just happens sometimes, (laughs) right? Exactly, my friend. And then we're going to switch out to the AFC West with a nice Raiders-Chargers game. Uh, Justin Herbert coming off a signature win. Uh, Derek Carr, the first team in NFL history to start a a season 3-0 against teams with 10-plus wins from the year before. So that's a big stat. Um, I like the Raiders. I like the Chargers. I'm definitely going to be watching that game. Broncos are going to get their first test against the Ravens here. They're going to have to, you know, really show what they're made of and and trying to beat this Baltimore team. I didn't like the way Baltimore played against Detroit, but, you know, things happen. And then uh, Seahawks 49ers, man, staying in the NFC West. Um, Russell Wilson needs this game right now. I think they're one and two. The 49ers are now uh, two and one. So they're definitely going to want to get the win against their rivals. Um, Yeah, we'll see how that one plays out. I think Russell Wilson will be able to pull this one out. I mean, you got to have hope for Russ at this point, right? You got to believe in the kid. You, you, the Seahawks are in a weird place. They're, they've always kind of been teaming on relevancy, kind of been hoping. Matt, football, though, I've just been really enjoying watching it. I can't believe all the crazy things that happened. I don't even know if you mentioned that crazy um, pick six. I think it was like 85 yards for the Dolphins that Alandon Roberts returned. Like, I've been enjoying the moments that I've been getting to see. I love the fact that they've been interviewing LeBron recently. We're at peak NBA offseason right now that LeBron has been coming in being like, oh, yeah, I had offers in 2011 when, uh, you know, we were in the NBA lockout and we were trying to figure out if we were going to get to go back and play basketball. And, I mean, I don't want to say LeBron would have been a problem in the NFL, but the guy's a beast for a reason. Dude, he would have been a problem. Like Peyton Manning was saying on his broadcast, um, he would have thrown like 80 touchdowns because all you got to do is little fade route to LeBron, toss it up in the air. LeBron's going to go get that ball. He's big. He's strong. There's no defender in the NFL who could handle him. Absolutely guy, not. Guy could have made so much money for QBs in the NFL. Like It would have been pretty hilarious to see, that's for sure. Absolutely hilarious. I would have loved to see it. But, man, we got to get to the top 10, man. Um, we're doing Matt's top 10 in reverse order like we did last week. Um, yeah. I do want to shout out the Green Bay Packers as an honorable mention. Um, they didn't make the list, but I do like that signature win over the Niners. Um, I've regained my faith in them as a team after that uh, week one poor performance against the Saints. So they're honorable. <laughs> they're, they're, they're bouncing back for you, Matt. They're slowly going to see if they can crawl their way onto this table absolutely um but you know what man the chargers have to sneak into my top 10 after a big win over kansas city uh justin herbert is absolutely unreal uh austin eckler i'm a big fan of mike williams and keenan allen are becoming one of the if not the best duo in the nfl right now um big big fan of the chargers i think they have a lot of potential and that afc west is just getting deeper and deeper my friend um keep it keep it out in the afc west with the vegas raiders you know what man Derek carr starting three and oh against those 10 and 0 or those 10 win teams from last year what more can you say he has to be in a top 10 uh even if people are uh, underestimating them even if the wheels could fall off right now today what i'm seeing is they're a top 10 team in the nfl so They've raiders come in there it. 
The Raiders have proven it to you. They like to think that they have, you know, an opportunity to keep the winning streak alive. And, I mean, I know a lot of people would be pretty hyped to see it continue. Absolutely, man. The Vegas fans are wild, and Raiders Nation is vast. It is a big, big fan base. Um, the Cardinals, though, coming in at number eight, my friend. Uh, I did not like the way that they played against the Jacksonville Jaguars, so I had to drop them down my rankings. Yes, uh, they won the game, and the score was pretty handed, but for a second there, it looked like Jacksonville might pull off the upset, which, how could you do that? Like, after coming out so hot against Tennessee, to do that against Jacksonville? Yikes. When you're playing one of the worst teams in the league, just get a win. Get a win decently. Don't struggle your way to it. Like, that's what we don't want to see here absolutely that's something that we're definitely not looking for in in this uh nfl power rankings right here (laughs) i had to drop the 49ers because they lost to green bay it was a tight one though so i'm not gonna credit them or fault them too bad they're coming in at number seven again green bay is on my honorable mention list right there so you know losing to a team on a last second drive that is very improbable and you know the odds of happening again are very slim definitely keeps them in at number seven the ravens yes they played poorly against um against detroit that's why they fell down my rankings they're coming in at six i like the browns at number five um the bills man your buffalo bills they keep on rolling um they're proving that week one was an aberration and that the steelers aren't a great team that they should have won that they should have beat beat and now they're coming in at number four i love to see it matt as to your earlier comment, you saying, you know, I'm in for a struggle being a Bills fan, it's all about diehard support for my boys. When we met in, what, 2012, 2013, and you told me that you were a Canadians fan, I jumped on the train, no questions asked. I was all on board with Montreal, and hey, sometimes that's what you gotta do, and regardless of where this Buffalo fandom has to take me, I'm... You know, I've I've hopped in the car, I've closed the door, I've I've locked it, I've I've made sure that we're just I'm I'm here for the ride, you know, for better or for worse, whatever way it goes. Hey man, well you joined uh the right time because they've got Josh Allen and Josh Allen is looking like a franchise quarterback. Five touchdowns accounted for last week. Um playing really well again, so he's gonna get rolling. I like the Kansas City Chiefs at number three. I had to drop them off the number one spot. You can't lose two straight weeks. Um, and keep that number one ranking. Yes, they played the hardest schedule in the NFL to this point, in my opinion, between Cleveland, the Ravens, and now the Chargers. But, hey, loss is a loss. Guys, take care of the football a little bit better. Uh, Probably put you back up at the top of the rankings if you show me a dominant win this week. But they got to do it. Yeah, that's it, right? Top three is still top three. They belong where they belong, but they need to get Ws. They need to not be sloppy. That's That's what we're looking for here, guys. Yeah, stop being so sloppy, take care of the ball, Pat, um, and Clyde. <laughs> you both need to do it. And then uh, the top two teams, I'll give you number one first. It's the LA Rams. They have to be the number one team after unseating Tampa Bay. Um, they beat the Super Bowl champions. Tampa Bay coming in at number two. Sorry, guys, you lost to the Rams, and it looked pretty handed. Uh, Tom Brady not not looking too happy, but I'm sure he'll get a, a nice bounce back win in, in New England this weekend. So that's pretty fun for him. It's an exciting matchup, right, with with the Patriots. It's his return, right? I know 
first time, Belch, yeah. Yeah, people are kind of going crazy about it. They're all just like, oh, Brady Belichick, oh, what's happening? But, you know, hopefully it'll be a fun game. Hopefully Brady will uh, put in some work. You know, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But uh, time will tell. It'll be exciting. It'll definitely be an exciting game, my friend. Um, but that's that's really it for my top ten right there. I like I like where it is. The, the top three three, four, five teams I could really see in their championship games. Uh, so I don't feel too bad about it. There are five unbeaten teams left uh, between the Broncos and Carolina, the Cardinals and the Raiders and Rams. Um, this week it's going to go down a little bit, though, because, you know, the Rams and Cardinals are playing each other. Somebody's got to lose that game. Um, and the Broncos just haven't beaten anybody significant to this point. And uh, neither has Carolina. I like Carolina. I think they're a good team. I like what Sam Darnold's doing, but they gotta you gotta beat somebody before I'm gonna throw you up there in the top ten. My Super Bowl is still Kansas City versus the Rams. I'm holding tight on that one. I think I've got it. Man, I don't even know why you bring that up every week. Like, just let me know when it changes. Like, I know you. I know you're confident in KC. I know you're confident in the Rams, and they've been. I mean, one of them at least has been proving it to you. The ones that haven't been proving it to you, we're not worried about them. We know that you know when the time comes down to it, they're gonna win games. Yeah, I feel much more confident about Kansas City than I do about any other team, even after their losses. So I'm, I'm good to hold there on the NFL, though, my friend. You want to switch over to basketball? I mean, before basketball, we have to really quickly touch on this Blue Jays team. There's four games left in the season. I'm pretty sure they're all going to be played in this upcoming week. Maybe yep. it might be a little close. I think I'm right. So next week, Matt, this time we're going to know if your curse that you laid on them weeks ago that they were going to miss the playoffs is going to come true because it's so close. You know, massive W last night. Bo Bichette with a huge homer to get that 6-5 win against the Yankees, but they've got to beat the Yankees again tonight. And then honestly, Matt, they need to sweep the Orioles to have a really, really good chance at making the wild card. The nicest thing for them is that the the uh, Rays are playing the Yankees, and the Rays are one of the best teams in baseball. But at this point, they've got that that spot locked up, so they might take it easy on them in the final game. So it could be a blessing or a curse. Uh, we got to worry about what Seattle is doing because they're right there with us. Man, we definitely need to to sweep to make the playoffs though. At this point, don't you don't even forget about the you know about Boston and the Red Sox. You know they're also still above us as well. Like it is a close tight race and i'm gonna be sad mad if you're right next week but hey it is what it is we've gotten to witness a pretty crazy mvp like season from vladdy and this team is still young right and it's tough in baseball when you play so many games to come down to the wire and just miss out on postseason action but hey maybe they'll learn something and they can come back and not have to be in this situation next year man they're such a young core and they play in the toughest division in baseball that means a lot for them to even be this close in this kind of a race. They're playing playoff-like games right now, so hopefully that'll help them towards the future. They, they're just so young between uh, Bo Bichette, Simeon, uh, Vladdy G. They've got so many talented, talented stars that I'm not too worried. No, it, it makes me happy with the talent they have. But yeah, that's it for me. Really quick and painless. You know, hopefully it will be less quick next week. Then we can be, like, pumped and amped to talk about postseason. But, yeah, let's move to basketball now. A couple things before our last but not Northwest. Oh, God, that sounds awful rolling off my tongue. I shouldn't have even tried. A few things, basketball things, before we get into that. 
First night injuries. I want to talk about Pat Williams. I want to talk about the fact that the Bulls are going to not have their starting power forward, really, when it comes down to it at the end of the day for the first few weeks of the season, which will be a bit of a struggle. And it's the offseason, right? I got to bring up injuries when they happen. And I think this is the one that is worth talking about. Poor Patrick Williams, man. He had a really, really solid season last year as a rookie, and now he's gonna he's gonna have to redo it. Um, it I don't like the fact that he's gonna be out six weeks, but he is hopefully gonna come back nice and strong, and hopefully, you know, pull this off. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see what this Bulls organization is going to do. It's a rough start for them with their new direction, but I think they'll be fine. I think that they have a lot of players that are going to be able to put buckets in anyways, so it'll be nice for players to come in and be able to get those points without having to worry about making sure the rookie is happy at the end of the day. Yeah, and honestly, they look so good in their uniforms. Uh, Ball, Vooch, and uh, Debo, and uh, and uh, Levine. Ah, couldn't think of his name for a second there, but I got it. Zach Levine. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Bulls fans freaking out. How can you forget about our start? And you might leave next year if you don't win. But I don't want to get too much into speculation. There's so many things going on. And I do want to talk about this thing. But we have to discuss Kareem's comments. We have to discuss the situation in the NBA around vaccines right now. Because this man has come out and said that he believes that players and staff should be mandated to be vaccinated. We've had all these situations where, you know, in, in New York and L.A., home you, you you can't play at home if you're not vaccinated but there's the controversy of the fact that visiting players who aren't vaccinated can play at those places so it's a weird weird toss-up of a battle right now and it's going to be interesting to see where the conversation goes in the next few weeks before the season starts yeah i think it's it's contradictory of those um states and and even canada here in ontario not allowing unvaccinated players who live in that place to not play, but allowing visitors to play. Um, that's something that's kind of weird to me. I think it should just be a general across the board. Um, you know, if you want to play here at the Scotiabank Arena, you have to be vaccinated. It doesn't matter if you live here or you're not, fr or if you're visiting. Um, I think those guys should forfeit their NBA paychecks and be suspended for the full year at the end of the day. Yes, it's your right, it's your body, but as an employer, they have full right to mandate uh, that you need certain criteria to get there. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was almost kicked out of school when I moved because my vaccine records didn't, didn't come with me and the school gave me like a week to get it in or else they were gonna boot me out. So it's nothing new. This happened back wow. in 20, 2009, 2008. So, wow. yeah, like passports have been around for forever. Get over it. Get your vaccines. We have so much data to say that they're, that they're safe, that they're healthy. There are some minor side effects for some people. It's very minor. It's very rare. Just chancing it with COVID is, is probably more risk than chancing it with the vaccine. Let's be honest. I fully agree. If you don't have a, a true medical reason, if you don't have a, you know, PTSD situation of reasoning not to get it, like, there are reasons why people, you know, legally, emotionally, all reasons can't get it, won't get it, whatever. But if you're just somebody who's, like, holding out because you're ignorant, holding out because you're a twat, like, whatever, like, 
at this point, I I'm done with it. You know, I'm glad that the NBA is going to say that unvaccinated players are not going to be paid for games that they're going to be missed. You know, ah, LeBron comes out and says that it was the best choice for his family and friends to get vaccinated, and he was skeptical. And as much as I'm like, eh, I appreciate the journey that we went on with his conversation to have that. I was skeptical. I did the research. I wanted to protect my family. John Morant, who wants a million dollars to be in the dunk contest, hilariously enough, have to bring this up because it's hilarious. He came out and wants to protect his young daughter and his friends. At the end of the day, you are doing this for other people. We are trying to save lives. There's almost 6 billion people on this planet that have gotten, you know, at least a first dose. Like, or at least we've been given out 6 billion shots or something. I was reading a stat other. Like, we're getting there. We're so close. Like, I hope that the history books have learned some valuable lessons from human ignorance from what we've seen in the past few months, a year, whatever it's been at this point. Dude, if you are alive today, at one point in your ancestry, somebody had to have gotten a vaccine for you to be here today. Whether it was your great, great, great grandfather or great, 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 great grandmother, either one somebody had to have gotten a vaccine you are a byproduct of vaccines and medical science thank it be happy with it take it these people too are like the people who like do all kinds of drugs in the clubs <laughs> you, you put in that stuff in your body but you won't put a vaccine that's that's been heavily researched and is meant to do good things for you whatever that's just my personal opinion uh -uh. Hey man, I'm, I'm with you honestly. At this point, like, what, the fact that we're still talking about this, the fact that we're still preaching about this, like, it doesn't, it's annoying at this point. So we'll move on. We'll get past it. We're both just gonna get angry, and I don't want that for either of us. This is a, it's a happy place. We're trying to talk about basketball here, have a good time. I mean, I think we can move over Simmons. There's been enough drama. I, I just can't believe that there's so many comments coming out at this point. You know, Ben's making comments and Bede's making comments. Freaking um, Doc Rivers went on like a media whirlwind to just be like, no, we like him. We want him here. We're supporting him, blah, blah, blah. Like, I want to move on. Just like with the vaccine situation. Like, come on, Simmons. What's going on here? Let him move on too. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Boom. So, yeah, let's move on here. Let's talk about this Northwest division. The last of the division talks, Matt. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed breaking down the different groups these past few weeks. And this one is kind of the end of it. It really is. This is a, a kind of forgotten about division. You know, the Jazz have been one of the best teams in the league for the past few years. And nobody's really cared. The Nuggets have been really good. The Blazers have Damian Lillard. But regardless of that, nobody else matters. And then there's the T-Wolves, the relevant T-Wolves. And the Thunder, like... It's a weird division all around. Absolutely. It's it's definitely a forgotten division for me, my friend. Um, like you mentioned, Denver and Utah are some of the best teams in the NBA for the past four or five years, and nobody pays attention to them. Absolutely nobody cares. Um, but they put, put together some really solid rosters. Uh, but I think we should start with the the tank team, the the best tanking team in the NBA, man. Sam Presti just collecting draft picks like their scratch lottery tickets um you know he's gonna he's gonna have a bunch of scratch offs and he's probably gonna hit some uh i heard they they're not in love with shay gilgis um in terms of him being a foundational championship piece but i think i think he's great um and i think that roster is bad enough for them to lose a bunch of games this year and go after chet holmgren what do you think my friend i mean 
Derek Favors makes $9 million as the highest paid player on this roster. If that doesn't tell you that they're tanking, now obviously Shea's extension doesn't kick in this season, but it's crazy. The Thunder have so many draft picks. You look at who they picked up this year, who honestly, the four picks that they got this year, I like a lot. Josh Giddy at six was a fantastic decision, and I mean, he injured his hand, so hopefully he can come back from that and not be a big issue. Trey Mann at 18, I really like, and I think with the Thunder's window of how they want to be competitive, he may or may not work out, but he fits with the timeline. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, also young, also a project. And I don't know who Aaron Wiggins is, but last name Wiggins makes me think that you're going to wait a few years until you get something great out of him. So, I mean, the Thunder can kind of afford to do whatever they want at this point. They have the picks. They have, you know, no expectations. They're going to lose. We all know that. So it's fun to watch this team at the end of the Yeah, it's, it's super fun to watch this team. I think that they're, they're going to be bad. Uh, they want to be bad, though, right? So... That's that's fine by them. Yeah. They've got a, a, I think, a foundational piece piece in Alexander. I also think they also have a a fabulous defender in, in Lou Dortz. So they're gonna be decent, but definitely bottom feeders. Man, uh, they're going for draft picks. They're going for a restock, um, and maybe we see a, a Shea Gilgis trade coming out here. So that would be that'd be fun and wild. How many how many draft picks do you think they can get for Shea? <laughs> well, I'd give up quite a bit for him. Plus, Alexi P- uh, Pukowski, the kid that they draft, Pushevsky or whatever his name is, he was good last year for a rookie, especially one that they said was going to take a while to come along. Like when we went off board with Bruno Cabloco, the five year project. I mean, he never mm-hmm. panned out. This guy almost panned out in year one. So, <laughs> yeah, I I liked Pukashevsky in the draft like I think that he was going to be good but obviously again big project and yeah I think he's going to turn have good upside with uh, the development time that the Thunder can provide for them but yeah there's not really much to talk about here with this team right like we all have the same story it's been the same for the past few years now ever since they decided to move past those competitive years because the biggest story still of this Thunder franchise is the fact that you drafted three MVPs and didn't win and were this close in consecutive to years Consecutive, and we're this close, and just it didn't happen. Blew it up. Trade one of those. Oh, anyways, that's sadness. We can move on from this franchise at this point. Yeah, man. I mean, three guys that uh, want MVPs and Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell. I don't know. All really high draft picks. Two former number ones and a number two. Don't think they'll ever kind of get there like like those boys did in in OKC, especially playing on this team. Are they gonna be competent this year? I mean, they had a really good close to the end of last season. I'm pretty sure they won their last eight games or something. Like, they they had an above 500 record in their last 20 games, which, if you pay attention to the T-Wolves, is fantastic, considering the past seven, eight, maybe years of this franchise. Let's be honest, right? So, it's going to be a question mark of a year, right? We have to see if Ant-Man can continue his climb. I still really like him. I think that he figured out his rotational fit and was starting to be really successful. And if that can, you know, continue over into the season, that'll be big. My question is, is Cat a true superstar? Yes, we know he can put up superstar numbers. We know that he can be that type of player. But is he one that is a superstar that can carry a team in the playoffs, carry a team emotionally, physically, all of the things that it matters to be a leader on a team? Because obviously the organization has gone through tons of turmoil and he's never had, you know, a consistent 
front office situation, and that's always been his struggle, but it's a two-way street. It involves a lot, so I need to know if Cat is going to prove himself as a top player and personality in the league. I think he can this year. I was reading that he he lost quite a bit of weight due to the COVID um, issues that he, he he had. His his family is apparently quite susceptible to it genetically. He's lost quite a oh, few yeah. people to it. Um, mm-hmm. So he was quite down last year and, and um, had a rough time with COVID, with dealing with his mother's passing and, and family member passing. So... I think last year was a bit of an off year for him, going through some stuff emotionally and physically. He said that he weighed as much as D'Angelo Russell at one point, which is absolutely wild, but he's put on the weight again. He looks healthy again. Um, And he he said that he's ready to dominate, that he's ready to take this team to a next level. And I think uh, the way Anthony Edwards closed last season um, can really be the number two star for him. Um, mm-hmm. He made a joke this offseason about getting to 6'6 and becoming Michael Jordan, and the kid is 6'6 now. So he, he absolutely has vicious hops with some of the dunks. I mean, poor Utah, man. Good for him for challenging, but Ant-Man oh, made God, him look yep. so bad. We'll see if D'Angelo Russell can stay healthy this year because um, that's a big key for them. He's got to stay on the court and actually play games for them to be competitive. But I think the three of them give them a solid foundation to be – maybe fighting for a playoff spot maybe but that's probably as high as i'd put them it's a toss-up because it's the west right and there's there's still a lot of young customers in the team we have to see if Jaden mcdaniels can be a questionable and like decent piece for them you know when you have cat as the true center of your team can nas reed be a backup um will pat bev fit in with this organization because you know ricky rubio is gone and he was a true staple for what they wanted to do in terms of, you know, guard rotational minutes. And, you know, Pat Bev, the next five years are mine. Welcome to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, as unfortunate as it is, like, I don't know if his personality can mesh well, right? Like, we saw what um, someone, a la Jimmy Butler, did to this, you know, organization and this roster room because that didn't click. So I think that there's a lot of question marks in the air, and the T-Wolves are going to continue to be maybe irrelevant unless it all comes together and that what we saw at the end of last season can have like a not quite phoenix suns type movement because remember the phoenix suns went like eight no in the bubble and they were fantastic but then they got chris paul and that's another story right so we can't have the same type of situation in minnesota in my opinion yeah i just don't think their roster is deep enough for them to really fight for anything in the west i do like uh, again the three foundational pieces but They'll probably be irrelevant again. It's Minnesota, man. They wasted Kevin Garnett for how many years? Oh, man, just pain. Okay, we got to move on because we're just throwing L's towards, you know, the Minnesota franchise. Let's talk about the Blazers, Matt. Let's talk about the true middle-of-the-pack team, the team that we're not really sure of if they're going to be great, if they're going to be trash, if Damian Lillard is going to be here for the entire year. Like, the Blazers are a true middle-of-the-pack organization that have the ability to be great, have the ability to, you know, win games and go find the playoffs because they have a star like Damian Lillard, because they have somebody who is capable of winning games left and right whenever he wants, and it comes down to the rotation pieces at this point, right? Can Greg Brown at 43 in the draft make his way into the rotation? Obviously, I'm amped that Norm got his bag, right? But they're going to be missing Ennis Kanter and Zach Collins and Carmelo. And I mean, Derek Jones Jr. wasn't playing, so he won't be missed. But 
they've got to figure out new rotations, and I don't know if Portland is going to be able to do that, especially in the West. Yeah, I think Dame is wrong when he says that this team is better than it was last year. Um, I I don't think that they're going to be a better team. Um, I would, if I was him, man, just blow it up. If you really want to win a championship, you're pushing your mid-30s at this point. I think he's like, what, 31, 32? Mm-hmm. Um, and so him and CJ just have never been that that backcourt. They haven't been a Steph Clay backcourt. Yes, they've been in that tier, but they've never pushed it to the to the level that they were able to. And Yusuf Nurkic is a great player. I love we love Norm Powell. I think Robert Covington's defense is unreal. His three and D potential. But at the end of the day, they they should blow this up. They should trade Lillard or McCollum in a package for Simmons and get this team right because out in the west man having dame lillard as your (laughs) as your only real superstar is only going to get you so far i worry that you know the first two weeks of the season first like month this season is going to happen and dame's going to win them too many games for them to realize that they're not as good as they are or they're not as bad or they are as i don't know they're not as bad as they are yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win more games than they probably should because of the superstar caliber of Damian Lillard, and I worry that we're gonna have another year of mediocrity for the Blazers. Dame is gonna not have an opportunity to compete for a title. Norm is gonna have his money, but he's just gonna be another third on a team that doesn't have a true second. So it's like the Blazers they kind of need to figure some things out, and I'm probably with you, Matt. I think that it might be time to blow up. Otherwise, you're gonna be the Orlando Magic of late. And that's never fun. Except you have a superstar. That's the only difference, right? Yeah, and at this point, what they can do is McCollum's still got a lot of value. Nurkic has got a lot of value. Lillard's got a lot of value. They could do something a la the OKC Thunder and trade those players for first-round draft picks and try to develop a new timeline. I feel bad for Norm that I'm saying this because he just got his bag with that team. And so that's... And that's why I don't think that they're going to do anything because they just signed him to a contract and they're hoping that he can be that third option um, that really pushes them over the top. But, man, we saw it here in Toronto. Norm has great nights, and I just don't think he's a third on a championship-level roster or even a fourth. I mean, unless the Blazers end up in the NBA Finals against the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm sorry. The Norm <laughs> contract is just a contract. He, he, I love you, Norm, but you're not going to do much more in the West for this team. Yeah, unfortunately, man. Well, that leaves us with the the top two teams in this division. Uh, You're really splitting hairs uh, trying to pick between the two of them, between Denver and Utah. Uh, Which way do you want to go, man? I mean, I think we should start with the Nuggets, even though part of me wants to believe that I think that they could be the best team, you know, in the division. I honestly, you might hear something from me later, but... I look at this Jazz team who have been great, who have been amazing, and they probably got better. But the Nuggets team is the more interesting one to me. You know, Michael Porter Jr.'s situation of not being vaccinated and having his reasons for it, which I I don't want to go in here. But getting that, you know, potential $207 million five-year max is a big seesaw, right? Because if he isn't allowed to play certain games, he is a big piece that is going to be missed. And, you know, Jokic is probably going to be the first pick in so many fantasy leagues this year because he proved his value and his capabilities at the center. But can Jamal come back and work with that? Can can Jokic keep that up for another season, right? Like 
that's the beauty of this organization. They have some weird, interesting directions to go, and they're not missing too much from last year, right? They've only really added at the end of the day. So I'm excited to see where the Nuggets, you know, play out the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tough start for them, though. Uh, just with uh, Jamal Murray being out, that's going to be a little bit of a difficult situation. Um, but I think MPJ is really going to show everyone why he got that max rookie extension um, and being that number two option for, for Nikola Jokic. So it's a good thing that they locked him up. I think uh, Bull Bull has a ton of potential here uh, to really break out and be uh, a top tier player for them. Um, so if he could push the needle, they can definitely do some damage. Um, I don't know if they'll be the best team to start the year and, and being at the later parts of the year, I mean, Utah's a great team, so it's hard to bet against them. They might not pass Utah in the standings, but they might end up being the better team by the end of the season. Uh, with all their complimentary players, fully healthy, fully able to do what they need to do. Um, if they can work Jamal Murray back into it, which I believe that they can. I mean, he's a fabulous player and everybody can use more shooting and scoring so i th i think they're good man i think they're gonna be probably sitting at the sixth seed if i were to handicap it just with the slow start that i'm thinking um i'd, I'd give them the sixth seed maybe the fifth at, at best oh man see you're too low you're too low on them like i agree with you i think that if the struggles are real they could be that low but i i just i don't know how with what we've seen from this team and like they they re-signed Will Barton, they re-signed Jamichael Green, important defensive you know members of this core. I I think that once their rotations get set in stone, and then you know they get to have Maple Jordan come back in and just be sniping buckets. Like I don't know how they can fall out of the top four unless a big injury stops Jokic from doing what he's doing. I just have so much faith in Nikola and his abilities to lead this team. Like he was the MVP for a reason last year, and. They went through so many struggles and they fell out at the end because of Jamal's injury to an extent. So I'm going to continue to be a little bit higher than you on the Nuggets, at least for now. See, just what I think is, um, I've got, I think the Suns probably over them. Um, I think the Lakers are probably going to be over them. Um, I think the Warriors are going to be a bounce back team this year if Clay's fully healthy. So I've got them over top. Um, then potentially Utah, uh, potentially Dallas, um, and they're gonna. I think they're gonna struggle at the gate. I mean, they were only fourth in the West, tied for third, I guess, with the Clippers last year. Um, so I think I think five six is is kind of the right spot for them. It just just in my opinion, especially if you're hoping for for development from the Pelicans, from the from the Grizzlies. So I I think is... I'm good. <laughs> this is the struggle of the West, right? This is why two weeks from now I think is going to be really fun when we set our predictions in the zone and really, I think it's going to be a lot different than like the last two years, Matt, where we've been pretty close and similar where we think things are going to stand. But uh, yeah, that's it for me with the Nuggets. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But uh, man, those Utah Jazz, they were the number one team in the NBA last year. They hit three-pointers like nobody's business that's why i'm a little hesitant to say that they're definitely going to be over denver again this year uh jordan clarkson's gonna have to repeat his six man of the year performance he, i don't think he won it but he was definitely up there and uh <laughs> donovan mitchell and mike conley proving to be very very complimentary pieces in that backcourt i like this team i like that they added hassan whiteside to kind of spell gobert for some tough minutes 
Um, and he's a little bit more of an offensive guy as opposed to a defensive guy that that Rudy is. So mm-hmm. gives him versatility out there. The Jazz have done good. There's no other way to look at it. They're a better team than last season, at least on paper. The question for me is what we saw in the playoffs with the exposure of Rudy and whether or not teams can continue to do that. The reason I'm hesitant to say that they will do that is your earlier comment. Talking about the additions of Hassan Whiteside, of Rudy Gay, of Eric Paschal from the Warriors as well, who is a power forward. He plays Draymond Green S. That's why he moved, which I think was a poor decision. I think they goals to ship. But that's, that's the that. other point. That's, yeah. that's, not, that's not the point I'm trying to prove here. The point I'm trying to prove here is that my biggest fear is that Rudy Gobert cannot continue to be the max player that he can be if coaches get smart and try to play him out of certain minutes, play him out of the rotation. But the Jazz did a good job of finding smart backups to be able to potentially relieve him of those moments and then be able to find good switching in moments when somebody else is tired that Rudy can go back in and not be as exposed. And yeah, your comments about Clarkson are hilarious because like I was watching and he was in a, he got caught on the street the other day in an interview outside the stadium and a random reporter had no idea who she was and asked asked her to spell out his name and was just like, did you go to a lot of games last year? He was like, yeah, I went to a lot of, yeah, I went to, went to like all of them. <laughs> yeah, so well, funny, I went to a like... ton of games last year. <laughs> do you not, oh, do you not recognize me? I like how he spelled his name for her. He was like Jordan Clarkson. Yo. You want me to spell J-O-R-A. that? J-O-R-A. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, like, the guys, the guy's got to be a lock for six man. Just unless the people keep thinking about it differently, he puts up so many points for this team and is a massive, massive factor. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I agree. I think the addition of Eric Paschal is gonna gonna be a big one. Um, but this team on paper is is deep. Um, they've got a superstar in Donovan Mitchell. Mike Conley's proven to be. Um, a top tier point guard in this league over the last what 10 plus 15 years like he's absolutely great and they've got a defensive anchor in Gobert so plus Bojan man he can hit a three like nobody's business they're good and Conley you no longer can say that he's too old because you aging point guards is no longer a bad thing in the league I'm sorry after the narratives of the past few years with Kyle Lowry um, with what's happening in Phoenix. Like, I'm sorry. That narrative is dead. Mike Conley may be, what, 34, 33, 34. He's getting older at this point, but he yeah. knows how to be a serviceable point guard where he has an off guard that is the true superstar and he can lead outside of the game of basketball. So that narrative needs to die. Utah Jazz are going to be good next year. Yeah, no man. questions asked. Yeah, he's 33 years old, so that's not even that old. Exactly. Um, they've got they've got it. I think that they're probably the class of this division in the regular season. Again, though, it's that playoff time where where basketball changes, coaching styles change, benches change, refs change. I just I think Denver's got a deeper roster for that. Maybe. Um, again, I don't know if anybody in this division is going to go that deep though. The thing about Denver, if I can bring up one more thing before we move on, is the potential of superstardom, right? Because we know Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. We know that Rudy Gobert is a star and can be superstardom in the defensive end, at least. Yes. Yeah, Mike yeah. Conley isn't a superstar. There's nobody else on the Jazz that are going to be a superstar. But the or that collective potential. Sc- exactly. But the collective scoring as a unit creates that extra need. What the Nuggets have is they have a superstar in the wings 
who is injured and might is going to come back. A MVP who is a superstar in his own right with Nikola Jokic, and MPJ who could become a superstar. That's where I fall in love with this team and their potential. Right? Is is the, is the fact that in in fifty sixty games from now we could be like, oh my gosh, the Nuggets are an absolutely force. They're a big three, but at the same time, they could also be losing forty games because everything goes wrong. The injuries don't work out. Right. And you didn't even mention Bull Bull, who also has high upside potential for this roster. Yes. Like, the things that he showed last year, the ball handling, the shooting, he could end up being a superstar. So we're we're definitely splitting hairs here between some pretty good teams. I think you're exactly. right. Denver's got the, the more upside and, and more of a swing potential, and that's why I like them in the playoffs, at least, just personally. I mean, you'll hear from me shortly, Matt. Do you want to talk a little bit of raps before we go into predictions? Because I know we got excited about all of the media day shenanigans this week and just seeing the boys in their jerseys. Oh, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm just happy that, that they're back in Toronto. It all sounds like they're so happy to be back in Toronto. I mean, Nick commenting on it, Fred commenting on it. He didn't realize how much he, he missed the city until he came back to the city. Um, I love what he was talking about in his press conference. Um, I think he's he's already a Lowry type leader um, and he's getting to that age where Lowry really broke out with the Raptors and so hopefully we can give him the reins uh, he knows he's the true backcourt leader Siakam now knows that he's the unquestioned number one on our team no more Kyle Lowry side eye not saying that that's a bad thing because Kyle Lowry keeps people in check um, and I miss that man I wish he was still with the Raptors but yeah, man, it, was, it was good stuff. I'm happy to have them back, happy to have some NBA basketball back in the city. I also love that with the with Pascal knowing he's going to be a number one center option, he's also going to be injured for a little bit, which means all the other guys get time to figure out who wants to be a scoring option, whether it's not one, two, that we're pretty confident is going to be Pascal and Fred, but who wants to be a part of the offense. Gary Trent has been visually excited to get to shoot more and be part of an organization his words of just being appreciated and valued by an organization like i'm sorry if that isn't a sign that the trailblazers might be doing something wrong i'm just gonna leave it at that right but hearing fred come out talk about how ready he is you know seeing seeing nurse how happy he is to be back even bobby's even bobby's little interviews like the team is amped to be in Toronto. I think that we're going to turn a lot of heads. We're going to be surprising. I mean, we're going to break this down more and more and more over the weeks to come because we have been sad not to get to talk about the Raptors for the past few weeks. Yeah, so sad about it, but they're back, man. I liked Freddie's comment, too, about how hopefully teams are sleeping on them so that when they play them, they think they got an easy dub and the boys are going to surprise them. Nick Nurse is already loving what he's seeing out of Scotty Barnes, saying that he was going to have a huge role on this team, which makes me very happy um, that he's already proven it with the NBA talent, that the coach already likes him, that the coach thinks that he's a great guy. And um, All he talks about is winning, man. He talks about trying to develop a yeah. winning culture, trying to be a winning player. So, And Freddie acknowledged that. Siakam acknowledged that. The boys looking good, and we haven't even mentioned OG, man. We haven't even mentioned OG. It's because OG is the quiet sleeper. He's like Kawhi that way. He's just focusing on his craft. He's focused on being better. And you, me, so many Raptors fans are hoping that when the season starts and the opportunities are given to him to take those offensive roles, to be what Pascal was for us in those moments because he's out and injured, like, man, OG, please. 
oh gee, come on, we wanted MIP for you, we wanted even more, we want you to be everything, like, you're 23, 24, like... Man, he increased... Our prince. He went five points higher than he, he averaged last season, going from 10 to 15. Maybe if he can go from 15 to 20, um, plus his stellar defense, as long as it stays on point, man, definitely an MIP candidate. He was pushing, I'm pretty sure, 18-19 in like the final almost 20 games of the season as well because he had the opportunity when we had our players sitting. So the potential is there. With I'm a so injury. For Sco- yeah, with a- <laughs> we could go off for days, right? I'm, I'm amped for OG. I'm so pumped for Scotty. Matt knows how I am for Scotty. I got the friggin' I got the hat. Now I can be Scotty too because I'm so cool. Matt knows how. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Anything else, Matt? You want to talk more Raptors? Oh, man, I'd love to talk more Raptors, but we're pushing it here. I think we should do the hot takes, the mystic predictions. Um, I got, you know, that spicy NFL take. Everyone watched Dallas win on Monday night against Philadelphia. It's calling them a top 10 team. Everyone's talking about how good they look. And you know what? They do look good. That defense is fast. Um, Dak Prescott looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But I'm taking Carolina, man. I like what they've been doing. I know they lost their cornerback, CJ Horn. I know they lost Christian McCaffrey. I think Hubbard is going to do enough. I like Sam Darnold. And they got a corner to replace him out of Jacksonville, a former first-round pick. I'm I'm taking Carolina because Dallas is going to be sleeping on him. Oh, you're convincing me, Matt, although I don't think I can go against Dallas because, you know, I got fans. I got friends down there. You know how I am with my supporting teams of friends. But... Last week I went football and I was right, man. I was amped. I can't believe I was right. The Bills actually came out for a victory for me. I'm going to flip back, go back to the NBA because last week I didn't feel about talking about the Atlantic Division and making predictions. But this week, we talked about it earlier. Matt made all the comments. I made my case. I believe in this Nuggets team. They're probably not going to come out of the gate swinging. Matt's right. He believes in that way. When we get into the playoffs, when it comes down to the end of the year, I think the Nuggets are going to be the best team out of this division. I think Rudy Gobert's struggles in the playoffs are not going to be overcome. And I think the versatility of Nikola Jokic of what he brings is going to propel this team even higher. And I'm excited to see what they can do come playoff time. I like that take, especially because in this first couple months, MPJ is going to really try to develop into that second superstar, a shot creator, shot hitter. So if they have those MPJ, Nikola, and Murray all playing at a top 20 player in the league, top 25 player in the league status, they're going to be hard to stop. Imagine, right? If they can all like peak out at the right time at the end of this season, it'd be beautiful to see. But that's a hot take. That's a prediction for the future. Nothing else for me, Matt. Anything else from you? No, man. You're going to take us out. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.